Come on, hallelujah. You can do better than that. We're talking about Jesus. Come on, let us let out a sound in this place and praise God. Come on, at the top of your voice, somebody say, Jesus. Come on, somebody say, Jesus. Come on, let us celebrate him. Amen. How many of you love the Lord in this place today? Amen. I know I love the Lord. Amen. And I was listening to them sing everything. And when he's everything to you, it don't take much to get you excited about the Lord. Amen. So before I go into prayer, let us just say Jesus one more time. And I want you to say it like this. The more the devil has been opposing you, because you already know how I am. The Bible says resist the devil. And I understand that we are in warfare. And a lot of times the enemy will fight you all the way up until the, you enter the doors of the church. And sometimes you'll let him come in with you. Because how many of you know the first record of the devil being cast out was in the synagogue? So the first time, so he got the nerve. If you let him, he'll come to church with you. But this is holy ground. He shouldn't feel comfortable coming to you all the way. He shouldn't feel comfortable riding with you all the way in your car. Coming in the church where you come to, this is your refuge. And he comes and he, you allow him to be a passenger all the way till you get in the house of God. But somebody say, not today, devil. Now, I didn't hear attitude. I want somebody to say it with an attitude. Somebody say, not today, devil. Because you got to let him know. And you got to take authority. Amen. And walk in it. Amen. And as we get ready for the word, amen, I'm going to speak something to you today. And it's going to bless you. I love the title that God has put on my heart. Before we pray, I want to share, which is called, You Experience God according to your faith the minister said that's good how many of you know you experience the Lord according to your faith and there's levels of faith y'all remember when I taught y'all that one time Jesus said how is it that you have no faith then he said you have oh ye of little faith and then he said Abraham didn't stagger he had strong faith so what you need to know is you, I feel the Holy Ghost falling in this place already and the reason why because without faith it's not even possible to please God and a lot of times we quote that but here's the understanding of that God is not pleased when he has provided a better life for you and you allow the enemy to keep you at a substandard level of living that's not pleasing to him because he has already provided a better way for you to experience him and the only way you can experience God in this package this new covenant this new testament package is by faith and that word please is a synonym for happy so God is not happy with you living below what he's made available for you to have somebody say God I want to make you happy and God is happy when you walking in what he has said you're supposed to walk in hallelujah God is not pleased when we're in bondage to sin 
and it's more so displeasing to him when we say we are a believer and we have bondages in our life see if you are naming that you are a believer and that you are representative of Christ in the earth realm and we're not walking up to the standard of that name that is not pleasing to God it's no more than you having a family name I'm a miller and I have a certain standard that I want my family to live by and when my family members aren't living according to the standard that I've set as the father of that lineage then I'm not pleased until they are and not only am I not pleased until they are I do everything in my power and I won't rest until they are walking how they're supposed to walk so God shared with me in this message that there's some things he want to get to you but the vehicle for you to get them is faith everybody in this place how many of you know that there's some things that God is trying to get in your life and the only way you can get access to it is by faith and the Bible says without faith you can't please God hallelujah so I'm going to ask that y'all come with me in prayer amen let us link up with somebody grab somebody next to you amen and we're going to go before the Lord together and we're going to get ready to go into the word hallelujah father God in the mighty name of Jesus God we humble ourselves father we humble ourselves greatly 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 and God, the scripture says, God, that it says that, God, when we humble ourselves, God, you give grace to the humble. Father, the scripture says that when we humble ourselves under your mighty hand, God, that in due time, you will exalt us. Father, the time is now, is due for you to exalt us out of bondage. God, for you to exalt us out of sickness. Father, for you to exalt us out of poverty. God, for you to exalt us out of high blood pressure. God, for you to exalt us out of cancer. God, for you to exalt us from poverty. God, from every curse of the enemy. God, exalt us right now, God. God, exalt our lineages, God, our bloodlines. God, exalt our families from the hand of the enemy. For we have been redeemed, we have been purchased. We have been bought with a price. And God, everything that you have planned for us, God, God, we receive it and we want to walk in it. But Lord, as I've been getting to study this scripture, you begin to share with me, God, that there's a gap. God, that there's something, God, there's a missing link that's causing the people of God not to experience the fullness of you. And God, there's breakdowns in faith. God, there's breakdowns, God, along this way. But God, even in the Holy Ghost, the scripture says that there's a gift of faith. Father, just like any other child, God, we come before you. And I ask that you impart the gift of faith to those that believe. God, for some mountains can't be moved, God, with doubt. God, matter of fact, where there is doubt, there is no moval of mountains. God, we need you to gift us, impart in us. God, impart in this place faith supernaturally. God, because there are some addictions that come from the kingdom of darkness. God, that can't be broken with willpower. God, that can't be broken with human strength, God. 
God, no matter, God, there's bondages. God, there's things the enemy strategically does. God, there's a lineage of poverty. God, there's a mindset that comes with poverty. God, that can't be broken, oh God. We need you to supernaturally intercede. God, and begin to break these things, God. God, every thought, God, God, even the scriptures declare that the fiery darts of the wicked are only quenched by our shield of faith. The faith is the shield, God. God, faith is the shield, God. God, surround us with faith. Impart faith. Surround us with faith. God, for we can't access you with faith. God, and even the burdens of your people, God, that I can feel that's upon them, God. I lift every one of these believers up before you right now. God, and as the psalmist begin to pray, he said, Father, incline your ear. God, I ask that you lean your ear over to this service today. Because, Father, once I deliver this message, God, I know petitions are going to go in your ear. So I ask that all the attention of heaven, all the attentions of the angels be focused on this place. God, as we receive your word, for the scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God, as we begin to sow your word, let every spirit that would hinder your word be subdued. Satan, I bind you right now. Let nothing hinder. Let the word of God have free course. Let our grounds be fertile. Let them sink down into your ears. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. You may be seated in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Amen. My prayer for you today. Hallelujah. My prayer for you today is that your ears stay attentive as I get ready to sow the word. I ask that you... This word, a word of faith, is really detrimental to your life. So I pray that you ask the Lord, bless you, that you ask the Lord to help you concentrate, help you lock in. Amen. Because you cannot access anything in the the kingdom of God without faith. Amen. And I'm going to break these things down to you. There's some concepts you need to grab. Amen. And you're going to be able to take them with you. Amen. And you hopefully, I pray that you'll be able to walk in a different manner after you understand how faith works. Praise God. Amen. All right. So today we're going to talk about you experience God according to your faith. Amen. So let's walk through this. Praise God. There's four things I want to share with you, four points I want to give you from this word. Amen. Let me get settled in. Amen. Satan, I bind you right now. Even as I can feel you trying to distract, I command you to go. In the mighty name of Jesus, we are God's people. This is God's kingdom, God's people. And you have no authority in this place. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you know you don't just cast the devil out of people? You cast them wherever you feel them. Amen. And he has to obey you. Amen. But I won't, I, there's one passage I'm, I'm going to share with you today. And I'm, you remember I talked about 
how there's a kingdom of God and there's a kingdom of darkness. And you're going to see in one of these passages, amen, when the intensity, when these kingdoms clash. Amen. How many of you know that spiritual warfare, the Bible calls it warfare. Amen. How many of you know warfare is not cute and warfare is grimy, is gritty, and it's intense. Amen. That's why many times you see when we casting spirits out, amen, you will see they start sweating and it's hot. You start smelling odors. Amen. Because literally what you're seeing is the clashing of two kingdoms. In every war, amen, there's two governments at war. And the winner of the war, they get to plant their flag and establish their government. So when God is trying to advance his kingdom, and he's trying to establish the government of the kingdom of God, how many of you know the devil not going to just go away without a fight? Because at one point, he felt like he had rights to you. And when you live in his sin, he does have legal rights. How many of you know there's a court in, in heaven? <laughs> and there's a lawyer. And there's a judge. Je- God is the judge. Jesus Christ is the lawyer. Amen. And the Bible talks about when you receive the spirit of God, it talks about there's righteousness in the Holy Ghost. Meaning when you get God's spirit, you move into what's called right standing with God. So there's some things that are legally yours to obtain and walk in in the court of God. When God fills you with the Holy Ghost, God gives you access to everything in the kingdom of God. All of his provision, his wisdom, his sovereignty, his angels, the armies of heaven, all of that is available to you when you become a member of the kingdom of God. So that's a whole government. But there is a kingdom of darkness. And whenever you are trying to move to Christ, the kingdom of darkness is going to do everything in its power. <laughs> Not to let you go. But once you understand the concepts of the kingdom of God, and when things get intense... You won't fold your tent because the enemy warred against you. Because what you have to know is once you move into the kingdom of God, though the enemy is warring against you, with all, Jesus called it the gates of hell. He was talking about when the gates of hell are pushing against you trying to advance in the kingdom of God. And he said what you have to know is that God, that God always causes us to triumph. If you stay in the battle long enough, when you look up, you are going to have a manifested victory. Not that I decree, I declare, and nothing happened. No, I'm talking about a manifested victory. I'm not talking about I decree, I declare, I'm healed of cancer. No, I'm talking about a manifestation of when you go to the doctor and the cells are functioning the way they're supposed to function. I'm not talking about I decree and I declare poverty is broken. No, I'm talking about the favor of God going before you, sending your application to the top and something manifesting. I'm not talking about all these cute cliches I decree and declare. The Bible didn't say faith was a decree and a declare. It said faith is a substance. Substance is something you can feel, touch, and grab. He didn't say faith was a decree. He said it's substance. So you can't say you have faith if things not materialize. You can't say you got faith if there's nothing materializing. If you read something in the Bible, then it's available to you. Faith makes what you read manifest. 
You can decree and declare all you want, but if things not changing, you need to say, okay, God, what's the litmus test of my faith? Am I at no faith level, little faith level, or strong? Strong faith causes mountains to move. See, the Christian world has to be honest with themselves about what level of faith they're on. Because if things aren't changing, you've got to say either I'm at no faith or little faith. Little faith, the litmus test is doubt. No faith is you just don't believe at all. The devil don't like when you start talking about faith. <laughs> faith causes things to change. Do I have any witnesses that they ever believe God for something and it happened? Right. So let me give you this. Go to Hebrews 11 and 1. And y'all pray for me because I get excited. Y'all know I get excited. Y'all know how I get. (laughs) But people need to understand the concepts and principles of faith. Amen. Now faith is what? Somebody tell me what substance is. What substance? Substance means you can what? You can what? (laughs) You can what? See it, smell it, grab it, handle it. So if things not changing, stop saying you got faith. And then he said, it's the substance of things hoped for. So your hope has to be now. Oh, my God, this is good right here. What is your hope? What do you need God to do? Anybody believe in God to do anything? Now, if your hand is, didn't come up and I'm preaching on faith, then I really, I, I don't even know why you came to church today. Because <laughs> if, if you don't need something, you telling me that your bank account is not on negative right now, your marriage is perfect, your career is booming. I mean, I know you got sin is not bothering you. You haven't been tempted with anything. Sometimes you need faith just to overcome a temptation. So that means you, so now I'm going to ask you again. Anybody have a hope? All right. Now we're in the house. So you got a hope. Now guess what your hope is supposed to turn into? Somebody said it. What is it supposed to turn into? So why do we have all of these hopes? does not turn it into substance. That's what God sent me here today to teach you. Because there's no reason to have a bunch of hopes that's not turning into substance. Because real faith turns hope into substance. And then he used another word. I love this word. He said it is the what? Of things not seen. Now, I know a lot of people read it like this. The evidence of things not seen. Now, what he's really talking about right there, things what's not seen. We know that things that are made was not made by things that appear. 
but they were made by things that does not appear. What he's talking about is substance or evidence of God. What he's telling you is you can't see God. But when your faith turns to substance, that's evidence of the one you can't see. He did something for you. Whatever this means. All right. So your healing of a sickness is proof that the one you can't see manifested something for you. Your healing is evidence that God still heals. Oh, my God. God looking for some people that's ready to be evidence for him. God looking for some people that when you go around and you mingling with your family, then they say, now I can't see God, but I know how you used to be. I know you used to curse, you used to drink, you used to go to the club, you used to do all this gyrating and jigging and all of that, and you don't want to do that no more. That's what happened to you. You becoming a new creature is evidence that Jesus still saved. So the substance is the change and the evidence is the proof of who changed you. That preacher say that's good right there. <laughs> see, the ev- see, there's substance and then the substance turned into proof that the one you can't see still doing things. See, when God delivers you from a crack addiction, when he delivers you from an unnatural affection, when he delivers you, and when, he, when he brings you out of those bondages, when he brings you out of those sins, when he brings you out of being promiscuous and lust driving you, that's evidence that there's somebody still on the throne changing men's lives. That's a new way to look at it. That's what it means, though. See? How many of you ready to be evidence? <laughs> now, let me tell you what the evidence going to be when you leave this service today. Because <laughs> if you leave this service today without substance materializing, you're not evidence that God still can do something, okay? So don't throw around saying you represent God and there's no proof. That preacher said, that's deep right there. I can hear God saying, if you really connect with me right, that's going to be some proof. There's no way you can come in contact with Jesus correctly and there's no proof that he was there. And there's no trace that he really was in that meeting. God works in evidence. When Cain tried to act like he didn't do it, there was evidence. God said, well, what's this blood out here? Current? What's that? Cain said, I didn't do it. God said, there's the evidence. <laughs> See, the evidence means there's undeniable impact that somebody was there. So if you're still struggling with the same thing that you've been struggling with for five years, yet saying you're a believer of Christ, you need to evaluate that. 
Because what's the evidence? It's not even possible that the kingdom of God can be planted on the inside of you. Let me teach you something about the kingdom of God. He said the kingdom of God is equivalent to a mustard seed. The kingdom of God is the Holy Ghost. When that Holy Ghost is planted on the inside of you, that's like a mustard seed. It comes in there as like the least of all herbs. But then Jesus put a principle in motion. He said, but it should grow. It's designed to increase. Is this that's by name? All you have to do is let the spirit lead you, and your whole life will be increased. But then he said, It's like leaven. He said, You take a little bit of leaven and put it in the meal. He said, Until, until, until the whole is leaven, until your whole life is full of holiness, peace. Joy, your soul prospering, everything about you, you still have some traveling to do. Because by design, you're not supposed to have the kingdom of God planted inside of you and your life is not progressing toward a better trajectory. So if you are staying in the same spots, then what you have to do is say, There has been no evidence that I'm a real follower of Christ. You say that's tough. But that's the Bible. And this is how you change. And this is how you move into what God has already provided for you to have. Amen? All right. So faith is what? And what? Of who? See, when you say you got faith, there should be some evidence that God was in your life. And now remember, you experience God, how? Whew. Y'all still going to love me after the day because I know this right here. <laughs> and you can't be envious of those that grab a hold of faith and their life start moving forward. Because there is no respect of persons with God. You can be a beggar in a dunghill, grab faith, and next thing you know, you're going to look up, they'll be sitting in front of princes. Because the scriptures say, I'll take the beggar from sleeping by Dollar General and give him a business and he'll be a CEO. But I say, that's just the way the kingdom works. Lord Jesus. See, you shouldn't stay like that all your life. You can come to God sleeping by Dollar General. And that's not a knock on you because life, this is a huge world and strong forces. And sometimes you just tap into something for an experiment and then it becomes a bondage. And then it takes you to a place you didn't intend to go. But once you meet Jesus, things should start changing for you. All right. So y'all got that. So let's just real quick go to Mark 4 and 40. And I told you there's three levels of faith. Y'all know what's the motto around here? I got to do what? Y'all know I got to prove it. You can't just preach anything around here. You got to have scripture on it. So somebody say prove it. All right. 
Mark 4 and 40. I'm going to give you these three points real quick. Three, 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 three verses. It says, you have it, say amen. If you don't, it's on the screen for you. Here they were riding on the ship. They were trying to cross to the other side. The point of the story was that Jesus Christ was in the same boat with them at perfect peace. Because he had no doubt that he was going to get to the other side. There wasn't even a question in his mind. See, you can measure your faith by how peaceful you are in a storm. If you're in a storm and you're rattled, then that means you doubt that God is going to bring you to the other side. <laughs> if you feel with worry and anxiety, then you can't say you really believe he's going to grab you and bring you to the other side. But if Jesus is with you, what he's trying to show you is I'm with you in the storm, but that don't mean you will believe the way I believe. So the storm start coming up. They panic. They look to the Lord. They see no faith. They ask the Lord this. They say, Lord, do you not care if we perish? No faith. One of the litmus tests is you wonder if the Lord cares. That's a litmus test for your faith. If you're wondering what if, if the Lord cares, that means you don't have faith. Because you cannot doubt if God cares. Neither can you doubt if he's paying attention to your ride on that boat. It's a litmus test. If you feel like you're about to perish because what you're dealing with, no faith. So Jesus woke up, they grabbed him, and he looked at him. First thing he did, he said, let me hurry up and quiet this storm before they have an anxiety attack. <laughs> let me hurry up and quiet this storm before they panic. So he, he stood up, he spoke to the storm, he said, peace, be still. The storm, the hurricane said, Phew. But then he turned and he used it as a teaching moment. <laughs> he said, how is it that you have no faith? See, when you panicking in the face of adversity, that means you have what? Y'all talk to me. I'm going to go down and say it again. If you panicking in the face of adversity, what does that mean you have? Period. If anxiety is ruling your spirit and your soul is troubled, you can't rest, you have what? And you have to own that. Because you can't be proud and say, I decree and declare in front of everybody, but at night you're not sleeping. You can decree and declare all you want, but you can't fabricate real peace and real faith. So, the first test of faith is if you panic in an adversity, you have no faith. All right, praise God. Let's go to Matthew 14. Well, y'all give the Lord a hand clap then. Bless the Lord. Matthew 14 and 31. So the first one, if you panic in adversity, you have what? Now let's move to the second level of faith. It's called little faith. Let's look and see what that looks like. 
See, and some of you might be here. <laughs> All right. And when he saw, okay, so here it is. Let me grab verse 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them. What was he doing? Walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. But they say, it's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. Faith and fear can't live in the same temple. Before I drive on this, let me, let me remember something. When Jesus asked them this question, he said, how is it that you have no faith? What he was asking them that for was, what he was saying was, based on the length of time you've been associated with me, you should be past that. And he was trying to understand all of the things that you've seen me do. How is it that at this interval in your walk, you still haven't grown a little in faith? Somebody say, neighbor, you should be past that. Holy Ghost brought that back to me. Amen. Now, let back over here. He says, and they cried out for fear. So fear and faith can't be in the same place. But Jesus spoke and said, be of good cheer. Somebody say, change your attitude. Somebody say, don't get discouraged because the Lord is showing you what level of faith you're on. Say, still have a good attitude. Be of good cheer means still Christians should have a good attitude. Preacher said, say it again. Y'all say it with me then. Christians should have a good attitude. Shouldn't be mean Christian. I'm a Christian. And they're going to say, Huck, yeah, keep that. <laughs> Christians should have great attitudes. And let me show you the manifestation of it. Paul said, I have nothing, but I possess all things. Catch his attitude. He said, when I go into my pocket, there's nothing in there. But the way my chest is out, I walk like I have everything. What he was trying to tell me is, I know when I have a need, God coming through. Paul said, according to my personal registration with the banks of the world, nothing's there. But in my attitude, you would think I was the boss of Chase Bank. Jesus said, cheer up. He said, I'm trying to take you somewhere that you have not been. And I know it's a little uncomfortable. I know it's not like what you heard hanging around those negative people in your family. That's why I told you to get away from them. So now I'm taking you somewhere that you've never been. And sometimes it's going to be a little frightening, a little unnerving. But cheer up. I'm with you. I got you. So somebody say, be of good cheer. He say, it's I, don't be afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord. Now Peter getting some courage. See, this is what you need. He said, okay, if that's you, tell me to come. Jesus said, come. Got on that water. See, you know how that is sometimes, man. We hear a good word. Song service, get in there, good. You leave out of there, you feeling good, you ready to go. You ready to step out there. 
But as soon as you see a little adversity, <laughs> see, that's a level of faith. Thank God you're not still at the no faith level. That's good. You made progress. <laughs> Jesus said, come. Peter started walking. Now the water just started going all haywire all over the place. Bills, you're walking with Jesus. Bills start piling up. <laughs> he said he was going to bless you. Now you might have a little business scare. Might have a deal you wanted to close. It kind of didn't go the way you want. Little wave coming in the boat. You just said, your wife said she ready to get saved, an argument break out, a little storm come. <laughs> See? Because Jesus said when the storms come, so the storm started coming, the wind started blowing. And Peter was doing good while him and Jesus was looking at each other in the eyes. See? They were eyeball to eyeball. He just walked in. But when he glanced, Just because the wind's blowing and the waves coming, but that don't mean what God said is going to happen isn't going to happen. It's still going to happen. Stay on the water. Don't jump back in the boat. Don't jump back in the boat. Don't you jump back in that boat. Stay on that water with Jesus. Don't you jump back in that boat, that safe haven in the hood, and start selling dope again. See, that was your little boat. Stay out of that boat. See, that boat is where you're comfortable. But the laws of comfort don't apply to Jesus. The laws of science don't apply to God. The laws don't apply to him. He can speak and change whatever he want to change. Soon as he glanced, you know what started happening? Heart started racing. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Quit sitting there acting like you, because you're a Christian, you never got a panic attack. Sometimes you checked in the hospital, thought it was a heart attack. Heart racing. Go to the doctor. Ain't nothing wrong with you. Because a, a physical doctor can't fix a spiritual problem. That's a spiritual problem. He looking at Jesus and I walking. He turned to the side. Next thing you know, that feet start going. See, when you look, when you're looking at what's around you, the law, the natural laws govern you. <laughs> but when your eyes stay focused on Christ, the laws that apply to everybody else don't apply to you. One person may have to wait ten years to get promoted. But the favor of God can cause it to happen in six months. And all they can do is say, how you got that? God will take you places where you don't belong. But when he looked, he started seeking. <laughs> See, you can't look and peep at your old environment. Don't even look over there. There's nothing there. That's why you're leaving it. When adversity comes and it starts causing you to get a little nervous, don't think that going back in the boat is going to give you relief. All going back in the boat is going to do is delay where God is trying to take you. 
Help me, Holy Ghost. Man, I'm trying to stay calm, but this is in my soul today. Because <laughs> there's a gap. There's too much hope in the church and not enough substance. <laughs> and there's no evidence of God until there's substance. <laughs> so God is trying to give evidence to the world that he can still change lives through you. He said, you are my witnesses. But that saying was never meant to be a denomination, but that was meant to be God saying, you are my evidence that I can still do something in your spouse life. I can still do something in your cousin life. That wasn't meant to build a doctrine on. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Whew. And then so look what he said, verse 31. <laughs> Immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand. And he caught him and he said, Old thou of what? And this the test of little faith. Wherefore did you doubt? See, little faith means you start the process, but when adversity comes, you start to doubt that he's going to manifest what he said. And the Lord is asking you, why did you doubt? Somebody need to hear that. Somebody need to hear that. The Lord is asking you, why did you doubt? Because you were right there on the verge of defying everything from your past. Some people get so close to defying everything that was spoken on them before they came to Christ. And when those things start to come back, they doubt and go back into what God was ready to bring them from. Some of you, you so close. (laughs) You're so close to lust not dominating you anymore. Like you literally so close. (laughs) Like you right there. Like you are literally on the verge of living a life free from pornography. Like you like. I mean you just. You're on the verge of freedom. But when that urge come and it's battling and it's burning. You can't doubt that you can be free from it. Somebody say, you can be free. And not only that, say you deserve to be free. Deserve to be free. Lord Jesus. See, and that's what condemnation is, saints, and that's what we got to understand. See, a lot of people say when they fall into something, I feel condemned. You can't feel condemned. What you feel is guilt. Condemn means when God renders judgment and says it's unfit, can't be used. You can't feel that. That's a sentence from the legal court of heaven. And he said, if you are in Christ, there is no sentence against you. The devil uses that guilty feeling that you feel to make you feel like the court of heaven is against you. Your status in the court of God don't change until you start walking in the flesh. But if you walk, if at any point your mind is to walk after the spirit, the court of heaven is backing you up. You need to know that. Now that feeling that you feel, you need to pray like the psalmist. The psalmist say, remove this blood guiltiness from me. Because the court can be, then forgave you. But you can still not be forgiven yourself. And what Jesus said when he's taught, teach me to pray, he said, thy will be done. Y'all don't miss this. 
in earth as it is in heaven. What he was saying is always pray to God that your thoughts would line up in what heaven is thinking. Because once your thoughts line up with what heaven is thinking, the devil can't mess with you no more. But if you don't know what heaven is thinking, you got to learn what heaven is thinking about you. Heaven says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Heaven says greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Heaven say you bless you the head and not the tail. That's what heaven say. Now you can walk around and with them old negative people say if you want. But the scriptures say, whose report are you going to believe? You better learn what heaven is saying if towards you. And then the prayer is, help me to learn what heaven is saying. And then help me to line up with what heaven is saying. That's when you're walking skillfully in the word and not like a babe. Y'all give God a hand, pray. Let me catch my breath. <laughs> We're trying to knock the devil clean out the. <laughs> and you don't knock the devil out with hype. You knock him out with knowledge of the word. <laughs> See, because when the hype gone and the devil come, you can't fight him with hype. You got to fight him with skill. He said the sword of the spirit is what? The word of God. When he come, blessed is he that endures temptation. That's your sword. Because if I get past this thing you tempting me with, I'm going to be crying with life and you slice him. <laughs> if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. And if he come in and try to tell you, God didn't save you, you still the same. No, that's not what heaven said. Heaven said, I am a new creature. You're slicing it. When depression trying to battle you, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. All of my chemicals are balanced. Every, no, I'm not crazy. No, I'm not a lunatic. Heaven said my mind is sound. You're slicing it. And when you speak that, don't you know that speaking the word of God can cause all the chemicals in your mind to balance? Do you not know? Listen to me. The spoken word. Once the word of God is spoken, that's the authority of the universe and everything in the universe has to, is summoned to perform what God has said. God said, I will send my word and hasten to perform. Perform it. The word is a performer. When God said, let it be, everything that wasn't came into order and got out of the way. When God said, let it be, oh, I'm about to teach y'all something right here. <laughs> the Bible said the spirit and the word they agree in one. The Holy Ghost is the worker. He goes to work. When God say, let it be, the Holy Ghost go do it. Somebody say, prove it. 
and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. Can the Bible say, and the spirit of God moved on the face of the deep. The spirit of God went and he moved on that water. Can he begin to tell iron, get over here. Potassium, get over here. Chaos come together. He begin to make all the elements, all the minerals line up. He begin to call all the things that were supposed to go together to go together. He say, let the dry land appear. Then the Holy Ghost moved on the water and said, okay, this is as far as your power waves can go. God spoke it and the Holy Ghost went to work. And as God's sons... You can speak the word. And the Holy Ghost will go to work. I hope somebody caught that right there. I hope you caught that right there. I hope somebody, did anybody catch that? Ooh, I'm about to go somewhere. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm going to just show you right quick what strong faith looked like. And then I'm going to go to a passage. Romans chapter 4. Oh, but let me show you something right quick. Y'all, don't ever forget this. The spoken word of God summons everything to it that needs to come to perform what he says should perform. And then God said, I put my word above my name. Once it's spoken by God. Do you remember when that servant said, my child is in a condition? And Jesus said, I'm coming to meet him. He said, nope. He said, I understand authority. You don't have to take another step. All you got to do is speak the word. And when you speak the word, that word is going to travel to my son. And everything that's causing my son to be impacted by the kingdom of darkness is going to break off him. Speak the word. And what was the evidence? The man got back home. <laughs> the man got back home. His child was whole, like Jesus said. Then he said, well, what time that happened? He gave him a time. He said, that's the exact time that Jesus said. That was the evidence. That was evidence at the exact time Jesus said it. If that man didn't have faith, that word wasn't traveling. See, do you prove your faith by the things that you say? What did he say? He said, I understand authority. Oh, my God. Help me, Lord. Help your people. Elevate. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm tired of living like this. (laughs) Somebody say, I know there's more. And I'm going to get it. By faith. The just shall live by what? We walk by what? Well, ain't no telling. Anybody sick in here today because you're not leaving sick. All this faith we talking about. Anybody need God to just... Anybody? Okay, well, that's it. Don't be... Now, when you come here, you know you can't be shamed. You can't come here cute because, man, you don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. What you say, Prince? Can't be bougie in there. You're going to leave bound. Bougie people don't get free. You don't get free being bougie. You get free by being humble. 
Let me get through this. Lord have mercy. I'm really enjoying teaching this word. Amen. 16 to 21, Romans 4. Therefore, it is of what? Hold on. I need y'all to get that. Let me wait because y'all didn't, y'all didn't talk to him. Romans 4 and 16. It says, therefore, it is of what? That it might be by grace <laughs> to the end or the manifestation of the promise might be sure to all the seed. Now, look how beautiful that is. He said the promise should manifest to who? Who? All of y'all. Nobody in this church should leave. If you're an heir of Christ, you should not leave with anything broken, damaged, and broke and unrepaired in your life. If you leave out of here with the spirit of depression following you, you didn't come to this altar with faith. He said the promise is, in other words, God said, I don't play favoritism with my children. I'm going, I want all of my children to get the benefits of this promise. Y'all, please stay with me. Y'all, please stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. <laughs> Not to that only, which is of the law, but to that also, which is a faith of Abraham, which is the father of us all. Remember, I've been, I told y'all that human beings, spirits, originate in humans, okay? In other words, when a human being is the first one to do something, they burnt that into the earth, Okay? Remember I told y'all we saw Jezebel's spirit in Revelations, though she was dead a long time ago. She burnt that bully and rebellious attitude in women. Y'all looking at me crazy. I'm going to have to go to that another time. But you have the power to produce things that haven't been produced before. Good and bad. So Abraham... Was the one the Bible said he was the father of faith. Now look at this. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things that be not as though they are. When God is saying, if I speak something, start walking like it's already happened. That's different. That's different. That's different. Because it can be challenging to walk after what you don't see yet. That's why you walk by faith. If the spoken word of God is spoken, you walk like it is already manifested. And guess what's going to happen? It will turn into substance. Hmm. That's the difference in joy and happiness. Happiness is you smile and walk when it happens. Joy means you walking like it already happened. Mm. Now here's the part. Who against hope, he believed in hope. And this is the third concept of faith. This is called strong faith. Strong faith, when things are going against your hope, you still hang on to your hope. That he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. So Abraham's faith wasn't just for him. All of this promise was dependent and rested on how he walked in that situation. I've taught y'all this already. Don't be selfish and fail to calculate 
the magnitude of the impact you're going to have on others that are hinging on the moments that you manage or mismanage. <laughs> the mismanaged moments affect more than just you. Remember when I talked about managing your moments? When you're managing a moment, what you're doing is you're calculating all of the risk and all of the reward, and you're looking down at everybody that can be impacted by what you do in that moment. And in this moment right here, Abraham managed it correctly. And what was on the line? The promise flowing through his seed. See? When your mind is not complex enough to calculate everybody that you're going to impact by your decision, I pray to God that you don't have a lot of people counting on you. I pray to God that there's not a lot of people counting on what you do in this moment. Because we are like the scripture said, know you not that you are God's. What that's telling you is you can produce the things that affect, impact generations. Oh, my God. So faith, strong faith, the indicator is when things are going against your hope, do you hold on to your hope? You don't let anything knock you off of your hope. That's the indicator of strong faith. The scripture says, who being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body dead. When he was about 100, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So the test of faith is what are you considering in the moments that things are going against your hope? If you are considering that God said this thing is going to come to pass, that's called strong faith. But if you're considering the age the deadness of your womb, the adversity, how many applications God denied, then that's not strong faith. The scripture gives you an indication of that. It said, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. <laughs> but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So I got to show you what staggering looked like. Anybody want to show me what a staggering person looked like? Anybody ever been drunk? Who's going to show me what that look like when you're staggering? You need to understand this. In the spirit, this is what you look like. Who's going to have some courage and come stagger and wobble a little bit for them? All right. I want, first, I want you to start right there walking strong. <laughs> yeah, you just come out of church. You heard that word. You believe in God. Something bad just happened. Something bad happened. And it just keep happening. Wobbling. <laughs> Just wobble, almost fall out. <laughs> That's what some of your faith look like in the spirit. You believe Monday and stagger Tuesday. <laughs> you stand strong Wednesday, by the time Thursday comes, you're wobbling weak at the knee. God gonna do it, God gonna do it. I decree and declare God going to do it. <laughs> See, you cannot consider the evidence of what's coming negative towards your hope. If you consider it, you wobbling, you staggering. Now, that's now y'all got to think about y'all following what I'm saying. See, this is a new level of thinking right here. That's not normal. 
to stand strong when things are going against your hope. But if God see you not staggering, the scriptures say he gave glory to God. See, you glorify God when you are not wobbling in the face of adversity. When your family members see you standing strong when you should be depressed, that's glorifying God. That's glorifying God. A lot of people think you're just glorifying God when you come and do your praise dance. God is more glorified when you're away from church than people watching your life and there's evidence of the one that's not seen that he's keeping you walking like a believer. Oh, my God. All right, now let me go to this passage here. Y'all flip with me. I'm almost done. Praise God. So y'all got no faith, little faith, and strong faith? Y'all see the differences in the three? All right, so now that you see the differences in the three, amen, let me just show you real quick, amen, what happened. So remember I was talking about the clashing of two kingdoms, right? When Jesus come, y'all remember I talked about this probably two, three weeks ago? When I was talking about when the goods are at peace, as long as there's a strong man guarding the goods, Right? So when you are in sin, the strong man is the demonic influences in your life. Amen? That's the strong man. They say, but when one stronger than him comes, before he can get to the goods, he got to bind the strong man. So what Jesus is saying is I got to take authority over the demon that has dominion over you or sin, whatever it is. And I gotta take the dominion over that. And once I bring the kingdom of darkness under subjection, then I can release the goods that God has deposited in you. Because you are the goods. And that word spar means the goods that the winner of the war take back to their kingdom. And that's you. So as long as Satan is dominating you, the goods, you are under subjection. But once Jesus comes, when one stronger than him come, how many of you know one stronger than him is here today? Now, I'm going to illustrate it to you. Let me show you. Now, this is an intent. And see, this is what people don't realize about. I guess some people, they may see the intensity of church. <laughs> and they may see people praising God with passion and dancing and crying and snotting and worshiping. And, and some people, they may not understand why. But when you're trying to get real freedom, that's intense. Because that's a war for your soul is taking place. And you can't push through that war without effort. And when you put effort, that thing that has been holding you in bondage, that puts effort too. When you're trying to get free, the thing that held you is getting trying to keep you bound. Church should be intense because that spiritual war going on. Lord Jesus. Somebody say there's a war going on. All right. Mark 9, 14 to 27. I'm almost done. I just want to show you something here. Amen. Mark 9, verse 14. And I want you to pay attention, please. 
Timothy. Please. And when Jesus came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes, they were questioning them. <laughs> then straightway, all the people, when they beheld them, they were greatly amazed and they ran to him, saluting him. Then he asked the scribes, what question you with them? Then one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I've brought unto thee my son, which has a what? What kind of spirit? So the enemy had strategically placed a dumb spirit in that child. When you look up the word dumb, that means unable to talk, unable to communicate. See, this is why the devil want to stop you from communicating with God about what's ailing you. So there's a dumb spirit that Satan puts in the atmosphere. Sometimes it goes in people, then sometimes it just talks to you, try to keep you from praying. Dumb just means you can't communicate. Now look, this is why he fights your prayer life. Because he don't want you talking. He, he don't want you communicating with nobody. That dumb spirit can cause you to cut off church members. It may not possess you, but it can talk to you and tell you when they call, don't answer. See, I knew the devil didn't want me to get to this passage, but I feel the authority of the Holy Ghost now because we need to understand <laughs> See, when you closing your mouth and not communicating, you better be careful that a dumb spirit is not. If somebody say, what's wrong? You can't get help unless you open your mouth. <laughs> you can't get help unless you ask for help. He said, you're not going into hell and bring Christ up. You're not going to go to heaven and bring him down. He say, but the word is nigh you. is even in your what? Where's the word? <laughs> Where is it at? Your freedom is in your mouth. You got to say something. Man, I'm drowning. Somebody come pray with me. But that dumb spirit of Matthew's I don't want to talk. You'll come up here to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And the devil say, you don't take all it. That's why I bonded that spirit before I started this message. Because he's not going to have the right in here today to make you not speak. You're going to open your mouth in here because I already took authority over him. Y'all think I just be doing things. I felt that in the air. You're going to talk today. <laughs> You're going to say something. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> now you know what just happened. When that name is spoken, <laughs> the Bible say everything under the earth Everything in the earth, everything in heaven, 
comes into attention. When Jesus stands up, everything comes into subjection to him. Why? Because he humbled himself. And because he humbled himself, the Bible says God has given him a name above every dumb spirit. Again, God has given him over every principality he got authority. Over every sickness he got authority. Over depression he got authority. Over lust he has authority. Nothing you can imagine. Matter of fact, he took the keys. See, when you call Jesus, you got to know who you call him. When God had that book in his hand, Moses couldn't touch it. I can't touch it. Your pastor can't touch it. Nobody, I don't care how great you think they are, they can't touch it. Abraham couldn't touch it. Peter couldn't touch it. Paul couldn't touch it. Whoever your idol is in the faith, they couldn't even touch it. But I'm going to go a step further. Not only could they not touch it, they couldn't even look at it. And when John perceived the importance of the book, he said, man, something in his spirit told him that there's something in this book that we need to hear. What's in the book? And when nobody could open it or look at it, John started weeping. That elder stood up and said, weep not. He said, there's one, and all the attention went. The Bible said, there was a lamb. He just came like this. He just came walking. He just came. The Bible said he was a lamb without a spot, without a blemish, never been tainted, never been touched. There's only one lamb. There's only one lamb. There's only one human that has never had his blood tainted with the elements of this world. And when that lamb came through, the beast, you know there's beasts up there. Beasts with eyes all around their head, wings cover their face, their feet and fly. Things you've never seen before. The chair is on each side of God. You need to look at that. None of them, as great as they were, could look or touch the book. And when Jesus stood up, everything started bowing. But when you say Jesus, that's who you call him. You're calling the one that can destroy every yoke of bondage that you're dealing with. And then the Bible testified and said he has prevailed to open the book. Oh, somebody say, don't weep, there's hope for you. <laughs> somebody say, the line of the tribe of Judah <laughs> is in this place today. <laughs> somebody say, weep not, little children, for the lamb is in the building. The lamb is in the building. You probably came in here discouraged today. Dealing with some type of bondage, whatever it is. 
But the Spirit of the Lord say, Weep not, for the Lion of the tribe of Judah is come to help you today. He has prevailed to help you. Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. And the Lamb say, whatever's dealing with you, don't fret. It says, the bride say, come. The spirit say, come. The spirit and the bride say, come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, let me just finish this real quick so we can pray. I can feel it. Hallelujah. Somebody just say, Jesus. Say it real gently. Somebody say Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Let me finish this. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I brought unto thee my son, which has a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he tempted him, now he's showing the authority of the kingdom of darkness until he met Jesus. He tarried him. That word tarried means sometimes he would take that little child and just throw him on the ground. <laughs> then it says, he foamed. Meaning after he threw the little child on the ground, but then foam would start coming out the side of his mouth. <laughs> but then he would gnash. He would be laying there. The one scripture say he wallowed, meaning he rolled. So meaning the child was thrown on the ground by a demon, foam coming out of his mouth. He grinding his teeth and he just rolling. Can you imagine that being your child? Lord Jesus. And then he said he pined away. This is the part I don't want you to miss. See, this is what happens when you don't open your mouth. That word pineth away means dry up. It means wither. Meaning the strategy of the enemy is to, number one, keep you from calling on Jesus. And then once, you don't call, once you're not calling on Jesus, then he want to cause all kind of chaotic disturbances in your mind and in your heart. And, but his ultimate goal is for you to wither away and become so unproductive that all you want to do is die. The Bible say the little child was just withering away. The little children are playful. They're creative. They're active. This little child had fell into such a bondage, he didn't want to color no more. He didn't want to, he didn't have the zest for life. He didn't want to live anymore. He just wanted to go away. And all of that is only successful when you stop talking. That's why the Bible say, let the weak Say I'm strong. Because when you start to say I'm strong, things start shifting. Thank you, Father. And the scripture say he answered them and said, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer, dude? Then he say, bring them to me. <laughs> Some things only Jesus can do. Some things the apostle can't do. The preacher can't do. You Some things in your life that need to be moved, only Jesus can do it. Hallelujah. And he asked them, and they brought him unto him, 
And when he saw him, this is what I don't want you to miss. Straightway, the spirit tear him. And he fell on the ground. And he wallowed. This is the strategy of the enemy. As soon as you get ready to come to Jesus, all kind of chaotic things are going to come in your mind. All kind of distractions are going to come at you. That's the enemy trying to keep you not to come to Jesus. As soon as he saw Jesus, here is this little kid standing before Jesus. And when the spirit saw Jesus, he grabbed that little kid and threw him on the ground. Satan not going to leave your life without a fight. I need to say that again. He's not going to leave your life without a fight. I want to say that again. He's not going to leave your life without a fight. If you're trying to make monumental changes in your life, be prepared to withstand the forces of darkness because he's going to do everything in his power to keep you where he had. He's not going away without a fight. Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Freedom is intense. Freedom is intense. Hallelujah. Praise God. And he say, how long ago since he came like this, since this came to him? And his father says, y'all can stand with me. He say, my son been like that since he was a child. He said, in off times, it cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. Many times the devil has done things in your life and the intent was to destroy you. But the Lord Jesus didn't let you get destroyed because he's not done with you. (laughs) Sometimes the only reason you're still alive is because Jesus is not finished with you. If it was up to the enemy, you would have been destroyed a long time ago. But it's not up to the enemy because he didn't create you. He don't have legal rights over you. So if it was up to him, you would have been destroyed. But he said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah, Jesus. (laughs) And look what he began to say. He said, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, if I can get you to believe, because all things are possible, hallelujah, to them that believe. And straightway, the father of the child cried out, and he said it with tears y'all church is intense you see this exchange do you see the intensity in this exchange the compassion of the Lord is strong in the setting the demon is acting up with great intensity the father is standing there crying and a little child is laying there rolling around but that wasn't cute A lot of you can't get free because you're not willing to come into the intensity that it takes to get free. Jesus says, strive to enter in. When Jesus went in the garden to pray, the Bible said it got so intense that it was like drops of blood coming off him like sweat. Sweating like blood. 
When is the last time you went after God and all of the, 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 your temperature in your body went up? What you're facing is not going to change unless you tap into the intensity you need. Because when you start calling on Jesus, the enemy going to manifest. Oh, yes, he will. He got to show himself when Jesus show up. But when you feel him trying to keep you from Jesus, you got to start saying, you know what, devil, you had me long enough. I'm tired of being depressed. I'm tired of this sickness. I'm, I'm sick and tired of the condition that I'm in. I'm, I'm through with it. And when Jesus spoke to that spirit, look what Jesus began to say. The man said, help my unbelief. Last verse. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, well, let me give you these couple of verses. He rebuked the foul spirit. And he said, thou dumb in their spirit I charge thee come out of him and look at the next part and enter no more into him what he was telling them is there's a new authority in this child's life and I'm going to remove your demonic influence the Bible says he translates us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son Here's the manifestation of a, a soul being translated from the kingdom of darkness and all of his bondages and influences into the kingdom of God's dear son. That's what it looks like. And the Bible said the spirit cried. Jesus said, come out. And the devil said, no, that's mine. The spirit said, no, I've seen it so many times where we cast the devils out and the devil said, I'm not coming out. It's not for us to get security and wrestle with him. No, once that word is spoken, he can cry, he can shout, he can say whatever he wants, but he got to go. And everything else that his kingdom represents, got to go. Lord Jesus. But he won't go easy. Hallelujah. And the Bible said, when he fell, when that spirit came out of him, it rent him sore. And when it came out, he was as one that was dead. Many say he did. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. That's what Jesus want to do with you today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. God. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. As we get ready to come to the altar, amen. I, amen. I know that the things that face us, they're wide-ranging in nature. Amen. Some of you, you just need to give your life to Christ. When you come to the altar and you're looking to give your life to the Lord, amen, the way you get to the Lord is you begin to repent of everything you know that's not pleasing to him. Then you really do that. Do you really repent? You really have it in your heart that you're turning away. You've got to really turn away in your heart. Amen. And you come before Christ. And this is what you have to know. If you ask him to forgive you, that's not negotiable. It's done. And in the court of heaven, see, 
he's calling you. And the Bible says, he that is called, he justifies him. When you come before the Lord and you repent, you acknowledge what you did that violates him, and you acknowledge it and you say, Lord, I'm turning away from it. In the court of heaven, you are justified. Because once he forgives you, that means in heaven's records, he has expunged you of what you repented of. That's the facts that has nothing to do with how you feel. That's a fact. If you're in that category, the altar is for you. And when you begin to call upon the Lord and he want to baptize you in the Holy Ghost, you got to surrender to it. You can't fight it. And if you're in a category that you want to recommit your life to the Lord and Satan has been blocking you, you got to know that the altar is for you. Hallelujah. And if you just need God to strengthen you, the altar is for you. Amen. If you have a sickness of any kind, believe me today that Jesus is here to heal that sickness. Don't take that sickness out of this church that you came with. Hallelujah. So I want to open the altars up for you. And I'm going to ask that you, whoever, whosoever will, whatever category that you're in, I'm going to invite you to come up today. And never feel bad about coming to the altar. You can come to this altar every week if you need to. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. And y'all, our altars are a sacred time. It's a sacred time. It's a very intimate time. The Lord meets us at the altar. Hallelujah, Lord. It's a very sacred time. Hallelujah, Lord. It's a very intimate time. Come on, there's a few more that want to come. Don't be shamed. Amen. You got to open your mouth. You got to open your mouth. You got to come and call upon the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Whatever you came to this altar for, we're going to bow our heads. And I'm going to ask everyone to help us pray. I'm going to ask you to go in prayer with me today. If there's a sin you need to be forgiven of, God is doing it. If you need to be healed of a sickness, God is doing it. If there's a bondage in your life, God is going to destroy it. Amen. There's ministers here that need to be restored. God is going to do that. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. I don't care what hell has told you. I don't care what the devil has spoken to you. If God has called you and ordained you, he said, I ordained you that you're going to bring forth fruit. And it doesn't matter what the devil tried to do to destroy you. You're going to be productive again. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you right now, God. God, and I lift up everyone at this altar, God. God, grant repentance unto life, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, you got to call upon him. Come on, call upon him. Call upon Jesus. Come on, the lamb of the tribe of Judah is in this place. Come on, call him whatever you need him to do. Send your petitions up right now. Victory belongs. Yes, yes. Thank you. Come on, come on, come on. You got to call Jesus. Come on, call Jesus. Call Jesus. Come on, call Jesus. Call Jesus. Come on, come on, come on. Call him. Call him. Come on, come on. It's got to get intense. Come on, the devil don't want to let you go. Come on, the devil don't want to let you go. 
Come on, the devil don't want to let you go. Move for my sister right now, God. Move for my sister right now, God. Flood this place, God, with the Holy Ghost. Come on, come on, flood this place, Father. Flood this place, flood this place. Come on, reach out, saints, reach out, reach out. Come on, there's a flood of the Holy Ghost. Come on, there's a flood, there's a flood, there's a flood. Ramanamakorabasiema. Ikeyemo Sagar. Come on, there's a flood, there's a flood of the Holy Ghost. Come on, saints, come on, we're in the presence of God. Father, right now, God, move for my sister right now. Come on, that's Jesus. Come on, you have met Jesus at this altar. Come on, that's him you feel. Come on, that's really him. The true and the living Christ has met you at the altar. All you gotta do is surrender. He's gonna take all the baggage. He said, come unto me, all you that are weary. Your soul is weary. Surrender to Jesus. Come on, let every weary soul surrender. Surrender, surrender, surrender. Jesus said he's here to help you right now come on he's come to help you let him help you you can't do it on your own 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 no matter how hard you try you can't do it on your own you can't do it on your own yes God You can't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. Call up on him. Call up on him. Call him. Call him. Call him. Come on. God wants you to experience him today. Come on. God wants you to experience him today. Come on. God wants you to experience him today. Come on, God wants you to feel him today. Oh, oh, God. Come on, God wants you to experience him. There's an experience with God here for you today. There's an experience here for you today. Right now, Lord. Come on, don't quench it. Let it flow. Let it flow. Come on, come on, come on, church. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, call Jesus, call him. Come on, call Jesus. Oh, Lamb of God, Lamb of God. Oh. 
Lamb of God. Oh, Lamb, precious Lamb. Oh, Lamb of God. Come on, the Lamb of God is in this place. Whatever you need him to do, he's doing it right now. Give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Oh God. I give myself away so you can use me. Give myself away. Oh God, I give myself away so you can use me. Take my. 